welcome to Unplugged, uh, a special edition, not for any other reason than the chase has finally been won effectively. We've been talking most of the year after the good start and perhaps going ahead of expectations and then obviously the challenges we faced in the middle of the year and the injuries and the frustrating losses and all of the probably unfair criticism, it must be said, about whether we would or would not make the eight. But it is now secured. It did look on Saturday night after one of the great nights at the footy, it must be said. It was fantastic fun, I think, for the 40,000 fans, a majority of them Saints fans who went along. But it looked like it was going to be a pretty nervous week after the Adelaide-Sydney controversy and the Giants picking up so much percentage against Essendon. But the West Coast Eagles, led by a former Saint in Jamie Cripps, was able to seal the deal for us unexpectedly the following day. So we are locked and loaded. We'll go through all of the permutations later on. We can finish 5th, 6th, 7th or 8th, but no lower and no higher. Uh, but we, as much as we can finish in four spots, we can only play three sides, Carlton, Sydney or GWS. We can't play the Bulldogs even if they make the eight. But we'll explain all of that a bit later on when we look forward. But it is a satisfying feeling. Obviously, there are things that you now turn your attention to and you start to think about trying to do some damage and what would be a good finals result in terms of who you'd like to play against and how far you could potentially go and whether the week off will halt your form and all of that type of stuff, which is a great conversation to be having. Obviously, for us Saints fans, you know, we've only made the finals once since 2011 and that was in a pandemic year where the finals were played in Queensland and no one could travel. And as great as it was, it felt a little bit strange, obviously. It was a different type of vibe, but this is finals in a normal season with the prospect, hopefully, of, of going along to watch it in Melbourne if things fall the right way or if they win and proceed on. But it is a very satisfying feeling, H. And look, I must admit when the siren sounded on Saturday night, I thought, Maybe we were safe already, but obviously the Giants have got close enough to us. But um, it was actually out walking the dog on Sunday when the Eagles beat the Bulldogs, and it was another fist pump to at least sort of sit there and go, well, that the job's done. You almost got the joy twice. Yeah, and Essendon just aren't good for us no matter what. It's, I know. No matter, no matter, <laughs> you, don't, you don't like them for anything they do Christ, at any yeah. time. It, it, you just sort of go... Half they half turn up and the result is done. Yeah, lose by eighty. Yeah, and, and the result's done. It was just a because yeah, yeah. I mean, we we're in the bar watching it beforehand, and we're just sitting there going, well, mm. a team that had, was fighting for a final spot themselves just gave up. They well, it didn't even turn up the way it looked like. So, um, yeah, I mean, yes, it made our night a little more interesting, um, <laughs> but. Yeah, then we got the Adelaide game. We saw we caught the last what fifteen minutes in the room afterwards, yeah. and that had another turn again. And you go, "What is happening today?" And and then the next day, you get West Coast <laughs> beating the Bulldogs. And what a weird, weird game we have. It's just a it's a strange sport we play where these results decisions. Um, teams just not showing up all together just has so much impact on every other team around them. And yeah, I mean that 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 decision in Adelaide almost cost them finals and possibly us finals. But as we're saying, we, it, it could still mm. cost us a home final because it yeah. probably almost be 
We'd be well, almost be guaranteed home violet if yeah. I if, think unless the Giants belted Carlton. Yeah, uh, it was yeah. it was almost written written in. Um, mm-hmm. But it's but our game itself. I mean, yeah, it'd be nice to have that sort of atmosphere there every week. It, it was. Hmm. Oh yeah, it was pretty good most of the game. But when we got into that last quarter, and I mean, Butler's goal at the end there, that, that's probably the loudest yeah. we've heard it for a while. And you sort of go, yeah, that'd be nice to have that every week. We, it's, it was just, I mean, I don't know, it was a surprise that we kicked that goal and it just came out of nowhere and everyone was <laughs> up and about. But I think it was just a we're there sort of thing. And, yeah, it was a, it was a good night. It felt like that. And, Nick, I guess... One thing, I mean, you have to fight for everything in in sport and particularly if you're St Kilda, it feels like you have to fight for everything. But it felt like as a supporter base, we deserved Saturday night a little bit in terms of that fight. And it feels like of all of the teams that have cemented their spot in the eight in the last couple of weeks, all bias aside, it feels like we deserve it more than, than most in terms of the year we've had and everything that we've endured and all of that type of stuff. I don't think there's anybody in the world that could begrudge us playing finals on the basis of the year we've had. Well, yes and no. I think you'll find that there are plenty (laughs) if you trawl the depths of Twitter and Reddit and and social media, there are plenty that will, Hmm. that would begrudge us playing finals. Um, But we've heard all year that we're the worst top eight team, we're the worst finals team, we'll be the worst finals team of all time. We've heard it all year. Mm. We've been in the eight all year and they've been saying it week after week after week after week after week and absolutely we deserve it. We're one of two teams that have been in the eight all year. Mm -hmm. Two teams, Mm -hmm. us and Collingwood and that's it. Everyone else has has been out of the eight at some point. We 100% deserve to be there and the fans deserve... For, for our footy club to be there because we've done it all year with them. We've done it for decades, century mm. um, and a half that, you know, it, it's, it's time. It's time. The club deserves to be there after the year and the fans deserve the club to be there. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was a thoroughly, I mean, there was a lot of the usual frustration that comes with perhaps watching a St Kilda game on Saturday night when I can't remember us in a while being as dominant as we were in that game. We absolutely smashed them in every single facet of the game. But it felt, you know, we just kept getting further and further ahead. So it was still progressing well. But at half time, you thought, geez, we should be seven goals up. We're three goals mm. up. I've seen this before. At three-quarter time, yeah. it felt like the game was probably over. We were 27 points in front, but that's not enough to feel safe. Like, it, you couldn't in a million years see them winning the game just on the run we had, but we hadn't put it to bed, so that was frustrating. But the only thing that would rival that raw H from the, the um, Butler goal was perhaps the Filippo goal, given that passage of play of relentless pressure. Um, yeah, that was amazing. Um, and just, just that atmosphere, it felt like... For once, and, and, you know, I'm spewing, I missed the podcast last week because I, I wanted to put that message across, but it didn't matter. It happened anyway. But there's been a lot of that, even amongst our own supporter base, I think at times thinking, oh, you know, are we actually going to make it? What's the point? Um, blah, blah, blah. And, and that's fair enough with all of that negative energy and, and the, the bad things that have happened along the way. But it actually felt on Saturday night that 40,000 Saints fans went there saying, none of that matters. We're going to drag them into the finals and we're all on the same page. And, mm. and I kind of got that vibe from the, the night. Yeah. I was, it seemed like there was, a, there was a fair bit of confidence around. It, yeah. It, it was 
sort of going into the game and just going, yes, we win tonight. We we get there. We're, and we're going to screen to the moment that it's done. Mm. And we led from siren to siren. We won four quarters. We basically had the majority of the play for the night. Um, the few, I mean, a couple of the goals they kicked, they probably pulled out of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we we <laughs> kicked some goals that were you could almost say the same, but most of them were either on the back of good play or the um just beating them position to position, and it, it was just one of those nights. Everything kind of worked for us. I mean, you look at the again, you look at the last Butler goal. They've Geelong have kicked it into the players' back, and then they've turned it over, and then Butler just picks it up, kicks a goal. Well, the same thing happened earlier to us. Ball gets kicked into Jimmy Butler's back, uh, Jimmy um, Webster. Webster's back. Yeah. He gets the ball, runs out of the field. Butler gets it, kicks a goal. So twice in the same night, Butler's kicked the goal off the ball being kicked <laughs> into someone's back. That both times it's gone our <laughs> way. So um, it's just it just most things seemed to click and most things worked. Um, it was just unfortunate. Seb Ross going off early. He, he started an absolute flyer. I, he was absolutely humming along in the first quarter. And I, he did the injury, I think, a fair bit earlier than what it looked like too. Um, going back and looking at the replay early on, it looks like he did it reasonably early in the match. And it wasn't probably five five or more minutes later till he went off. And I think he had two or three touches in that time again. Um, but- well, it, it looked like watching the replay, it looked like Jack Steele had the ball on the wing and he kind of handballed it back mm. down at, at Ross's toes. Yeah. And Ross kind of stretched down to, to grab it. And immediately, like, he gathered the ball. I think he handballed yeah, it off. And- but as soon as he had handballed, he kind of grabbed it. He kind of hobbled away a little bit. And then yeah. walked off. Yeah. He just kind of backed off and, yeah. and was standing behind the boundary mm. line. And he, I think he went off pretty much after yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I think there was, yeah. there was the one before that where there was a contest that he was in. Um, again, I think he won the ball, gave it gave it off, and saw that this was just sort of at the back of the square, not the one that was at the boundary. So it was it was pretty much at the our, our back of our defensive square. And he, um, yeah, gave the ball Sometimes off. Sometimes you can half of, do it, then do it properly. Yeah. yeah. So it was, mm. it, he sort of felt it, I think. He must have. Try the run it off and say, you know, okay, I'm not too bad, but yeah, obviously later on it, not that just too much. Let's let's not risk it anymore. It's a classic way to do a hammy though, uh, with a handball at your toes. Yeah, <laughs> particularly early in a game when you're probably still a little yeah. bit cold. So, um, yeah, look, it's unfortunate. I mean, it creates an opportunity for Hunter Clark, I guess, to step back in. But Ross had played very well the week before. Um, and started this game well. So it's unfortunate. I mean, it's unfortunate for players like that who have been at the club for as long as he has, that he won't be a part of the at least the first final, and hopefully there's more. But, um, you know, you feel for someone like him to, to not get to play in a final for the Saints. I know he did a couple of years ago, but, yeah, he, he's done the hard yards to be there. So that's unfortunate. Yeah. I think they were saying one to two. So he's not... Okay. Definitely out yet. Yeah. Um, okay. Hopefully, it's just that's one of those cases where he's <clears throat> felt a little strain and just gone. No, I'm not. I'm not going to risk it anymore. Kind of thing. It's hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it it didn't look bad. Like he, 
Mm. He ran off the ground. That that was the sort of first thing you look at. He didn't really hobble off the ground. He actually ran off the ground. So it's yeah, it was a hopefully. Yeah, it's just one of those ones where it's a it's a little bit of a twinge. It's a little bit of a just old man hammy. And yeah, you can he can come back for the be back for the first week. You mentioned Hunter Clark, Parco, and I think there's we we've spoken about Hunter a fair bit in terms of you know, having the opportunity to step up and really cement his his place in in the middle over the last probably two months. You know, there's been Severos's previous injury. You know, Zach Jones got injured. There's been a few guys in and out. Jack Steele when he when he missed some time. There's been opportunities for for Hunter Clark to really you know step it up. And he hasn't quite done it. I think there's still we, we got to see two sides of Hunter Clark on on Saturday night, and there was one passage of play where he won the ball at center half back. Essentially, it was just maybe just outside the fifty meter arc in, in in defense, and he ripped an absolute bullet pass mm. for, on his right foot out to the wing. I can't remember who he kicked it to. Might have been Brad Hill on the wing, who then ran and, and mm. bounced and and uh, drove us further on. But it was an incredible kick. And then later on, I think in the third quarter it was, he tried to do another one of those little dinky passes that we've seen over the last few weeks. Yeah, there was the one two weeks ago, the two two weeks ago in the same passage of play almost. You know, these little kind of eight meter short chip kicks or whatever that just end up as little weak dribblers. Mm. Um, and it's almost like he's one of those guys that really needs to mm. kick through the ball to, to mm. kind of... He, he hasn't got that short kick in his game. He's a beautiful user of the yeah. ball. Yeah. That's right. When he when he actually kicks it, when he actually plays, mm. he's a beautiful kick of the ball. He's got beautiful disposal on the run for goal. He's for got example. time. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. But when but when he's looking at these little, you know, sideways chip passes or little dinks, you know, over over someone or trying to get under someone or something, it just it's doesn't work. No. And it's almost like you just got to unleash him and just kind of give him give him the range to to kick mm. long. Um, because when he does, it's it's a beautiful yeah. thing. You could probably almost, which is a I was, shame. But, yeah, I was yeah. say, you could almost probably say if if he's got that gap there that he can kick that tiny little nothing kick through, mm. he could probably run through it instead. So, That's right. Yeah. Take yeah. a bounce and, and take run through minutes. it, and then yeah. kick the next kick, the longer kick. Um, yeah. You need Robert Harvey to get in his ear on the uh, the short <laughs> the short sit up. He was the master of it, wasn't he? Yeah, the he? best of all time. Straight, straight out of the straight out of the stoppage, and then little, 50, barely fifteen meter chip kick to buckets or Heatley or Plug. And he'd take the pace it off it, so all they had to do was just run into it yeah, and yeah. take think it so comfortably. Yeah, thinking of the yeah. kicks just making fifteen meters. How was that not mm. a mark to Mitch Owens, the one that Rowan Marshall kicked down the middle? Oh, right, yeah. yeah. That's gone. I'm glad it. it wasn't because was the, I'm glad it wasn't because of the frantic. Yeah, it play led to play on. But, obviously, had he have, had he have stopped, uh, but yeah, it felt like a mark. At the time, it went yeah. twenty meters, easy. Yeah. And oh yeah, <laughs> easy. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's it's fifty. Definitely well, about thirty meters up, but about twenty long, <laughs> twenty long as well. So it had, yeah. had a bit of hang, hang time on it. Was there a moment where I guess you felt the game was done? I, I mean, at three quarter time, I thought it would be highly unlikely that we'd lose, but you're always nervous. But I thought all it took was that first Higgins goal to put it to bed, probably. Um, to be to be honest, Max King taking that mark in the first quarter with the spacing mm. that he got on Radagalia, I thought King yeah. is going to absolutely tear this team apart. 
But then mm. Radaglia went off and it all sort of moved around. So at that point, <laughs> I was feeling very confident because I was thinking, if we get that all night, we are going to destroy mm. them. Because he just gave him so much space. Now, I think King was probably confused by the amount of space he was getting. He's, he's never <laughs> not had someone hanging off him going for a mark in his career. And all of a sudden, he's looking around going, the ball's coming in. There's no one touching me. What's going-? So he just flew and, yeah, took the easy mark. And it was sort of a bit like, yeah, that's great. That's If that happens all night, but as that all changed, and it's a bit like, okay, yep, okay, they finally put a bit of pressure on him. Um but early on, it was sort of it, it. It had that feeling a little bit early on. But yeah, I I don't think I ever really had that feeling until until pretty much at the end when when Marshall kicked the goal, because like you said at, at at the start, Darren, it was like we were always in front and we were always dominant. But it just had a bit of that feeling that we were kicking ourselves out of it. That all these missed opportunities, mm. um, missed shots, points where we should have kicked goals. Yeah, we should we should have been seventy five points up at three points. Yeah, time. yeah. Um, and the fact that it was what twenty seven or whatever it was at, at three quarter time, and um, I know Higgins kicked the goal, and I think they kicked they two. kicked two. Yeah, and and when they kicked the second one, I kind of had that sick mm. feeling in the pit of my stomach that was like, oh no, it's happening again. <laughs> not to this mob, mm. please, not to this mob. Um, but but then we steadied and we were good, and it was really when. When Marshall kicked that goal uh, with two minutes to go, or whatever it was, um, ultimately that was kind of when I allowed myself that breath out. That was like, it's mm. over, it's done, yeah. and we're safe now. Um, and then obviously Butler put the put the nail in the coffin with with that weirdo at the end. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think until the point that that we're ready to to trust this team again when they're five goals up. Um, I'm not sure that we'll we'll feel that way because that was that was the most comprehensive five goal win, six goal win that you'll ever see. We were dominant from start to finish, every part of the ground, like you said, H, every position on the ground, we were dominant, and we just couldn't put them away. And we've been burnt so many times before <laughs> that, yeah. Halfway through that last quarter, I'm, I'm thinking, shit, it's happening again. It's going to happen again, and we're, we're and and we're gonna we're gonna burn ourselves yeah. at the same time. I mean. They are still Geelong. That they are still Geelong. It's it's yep. they they're not ever going to give up in a game. Um, it's yep. well, they've got so much talent exactly. and experience. That, that, even when they they can they can pull. Even stuff when they're off. missing players, you still got players that go. They yeah. could all of a sudden switch on and really hurt us. They could. Cameron could have popped up in the last quarter and just kick five off his own back for out of nowhere. It, it's just they well not with Wilkie on him but no, no but I mean they've got those sort of they got those sort yeah, of players it helped there. build trust because in that we spoke about trust a few weeks ago in the Carlton game and that's probably the only time in the last few years where I've seen us bring exactly the level of intensity that you would like take total control of a game but then relinquish it and lose um, usually if you're in that mindset and they're in that style they they win. So I obviously had that in the back of my mind thinking, well, uh, could that happen again? But it just didn't feel like Geelong had necessarily the run or the momentum that, that Carlton had. And I guess that helps that we didn't allow that to happen. Obviously, we kept the foot down against Richmond. We kept the foot down against Geelong and shows that maybe that Carlton second half, as, as well as the Blues are going, was perhaps an, an aberration. So um, it obviously helps a little bit in maybe regaining the trust from that afternoon. A little bit. I mean, I think it's 
probably the first time I mean, we started the year really well, but even then it was kind of patches. Mm. You know, we'd play a really good third quarter or we'd play a really good second half or, or whatever. This is kind of the first time that we've played four good quarters consecutively. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the Richmond game and the, the Geelong game. Um, the, the Geelong game in particular was four quarters of the first half of, against Carlton. Yeah. It was that unbelievable defensive pressure unbelievable defensive pressure. The one percenters, the chasing, the tackling, um, just all over. It didn't matter if if it was Dan Butler on the, the goal line or Cal Wilkie on the goal line. You know, it was end-to-end, just defensive pressure 101. And the, the, the coaching was spot on. The zoning was spot on. Everything worked perfectly defensively. But on the other side, all of that reaped rewards going forward. And we were able to move the ball really quickly. We were able to be direct and we were able to run and gun, which we haven't seen us do for four quarters before. Um, And it was just really nice to see them start to put it together and to then see the rewards of it. Like they were able to look at that at, at the end of the last quarter at, at full time and say, this is what happens when we play our footy, when we play our game for four quarters. And, and maybe they're not Geelong of last year. Maybe they're not, you know, the, the, the unbeatable premiers of, of the second half of last season. But like you said, H, there's still enough talent on that, on that squad, on that team to, you know, cause issues to, to put a dent in, in our finals aspirations. And, and we didn't let them. And I think that was the really pleasing part is that we didn't let them get comfortable. We didn't let them play their game for one minute of, of that game. And it was just, it was a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, it was, and um, you know, as you say, it's it is that relentless pressure. And I think Tim Watson said it on SEN during the week too that they've locked into that St Kilda RA pressure team, and they've locked back into that fanatical pressure. And if they mm. play like that, they're hard to beat. I mean, he pointed out rightly that you know maybe top end talent in the end might get them against some of the stronger sides later on. But if they play like that every week of the finals, they'll take some beating. That is for sure. So, you know, it'll be fun if they can do that. And obviously this week is a test against one of the competition's best sides who have been almost unbeatable at the Gabba. Um, obviously belted Collingwood, belted Melbourne, belted a number of sides up there. But, you know, it's it's a strange game. Obviously a last season, a last round of the season match, we can't miss the eight. They can't miss the top four. Obviously they're playing for a home final. We're playing for a home final. So it's a bit different, but... We'll turn our, turn our attention to that one in a minute. We'll, we'll jump into the votes. Obviously, congratulations to Jack Higgins on his 100th game. Prop can at times frustrate the living shit out of us, but um, congratulations yeah, just, on just, 100 games. Just thinking of that, they, um, it was a bit poor taking the um, play on when he t- marked or got the free kick in the oh. first few minutes of his 100th game. It was like, geez, there's just Mitch, yeah, Mitch taking the candy from the baby yeah. of that one. It's... Yeah, Gresham to, to Owens, but yeah, that that wasn't. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure he would have been thrilled with that. But um, also reminded to uh, to leave us a review. Uh, obviously, you've stuck with us all through the the year and all through the, the five years that we've been here now. So please, you know, it's our second finals campaign on on Unplugged. But leave us a review. Hopefully, five star on iTunes or Facebook or whatever it happens to be. You can jump on our socials: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, a reminder also that Sensational is back. A lot of Saints fans before social media was really a thing, sort of early 2000s-ish. That was the community for St Kilda supporters and it's existed really ever since. And 
Um, so jump on board and you know join those discussions that can run all week around that. But looking at the votes, it was a, a tricky one. I, I felt like there was a lot of players that I wanted to give votes to. I, I separated Jack Sinclair at the top uh, with three votes, two to Brad Hill. I thought that was his best game for the season, particularly given he looked a little banged up as well. Rowan Marshall's had an amazing season and should seriously be considered in the All-Australian team. Um, whether they are considering him or not, I, I don't know. But if he hasn't been the best ruckman in the comp, he must have been the second best ruckman. Uh, Wind Hager, I thought, was excellent. His best game for a while. Uh, Cal Wilkie just destroyed the uh, the Geelong forwards, took 14 marks or whatever it was. And, and Brad Crouch, there were times during the night where I hadn't noticed him, but then you'd look up at the scoreboard and you'd be leading clearances, leading contested possessions, metres gained would be up there, score involvements would be up there. Um, just played another really solid game, Brad Crouch, and he's been an important player for us. But H, how did you look at your votes? Um, yeah, I think Sinclair, I'd clear him best on. Um, the record best touches, just gave us drive. He 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 found that um, polish that he has hasn't had for the last few weeks. He he, he just been he just felt like he'd been a little bit off for the last few weeks. Just just doing little having little mistakes that he hadn't been making for most of the year and that. But he found it all again on the weekend and yeah, led the way. Um, two to Marshall just dominated the middle, dominated the middle, then moved down forward and caused all sorts of issues there. Ran down back picked off balls down the back line. It was just absolutely everywhere. Um, two to Crouch as well. Um, when you, as you're saying, you look back at his numbers, I 29 touches, 16 of them contested, 11 clearances. Um, it was a huge night. And as you say, it mostly went unnoticed. But just you, you look at his numbers and you think, that's a massive game. Um, then, yeah, gave one to... Uh, Wonder Wilkie, Wonder Hill, and Wonder Wood. Um, on other nights, possibly, yeah, they get more votes, but it was yeah, a few clear, clear out in front of them, and probably a few other players that, yeah, also quite unlucky, unlucky to not pick up a vote at all. I'm pretty similar to both of you guys. I've got apologies to Crouch and Hill. Hill, especially, I think, never stopped running. Just literally never stood still, um, even after he he. And he went into the game with his knee strapped up and then um, obviously had a had a niggle throughout the game um, and it looked like he wasn't able to continue and then he'd just find a gear again and start running and just kind of never stopped. Um, so serious apologies to, to Brad Hill. I really wanted to fit him in, but I just couldn't uh, because I had to get an extra vote uh, to Rowan Marshall. So I gave three to Marshall and three to Sinclair. I thought they were the clear two best on grounds um, and I couldn't really separate them uh, for all the reasons that, that you've said. I'm not sure if Marshall makes the All-Australian team, but he should He should be in the 40. He should be in the 40. Uh, but I think his lack of ruck contest domination might hold him back from that position. Although a bench, a bench spot might see him get in. Um, Sinclair, Amazing again. I mean, he's just stepped up into into one of the best plays in the competition. He's a leader for us out of halfback and, and through the middle, um, and just an, an astonishing rise from a rookie, you know, six years ago or whatever it was. Um, two to Cal Wilkie just had Jeremy Cameron in his pocket all night um, to the point where they had to they had to pull Cameron into the middle and play him as a midfielder for 
you know, most of the second half, you know, halfway through the third quarter, they moved mm. him into the middle and, and tried to get him away from Wilkie because Wilkie was just dominating so much. Um, one vote to Mason Wood, who a little bit like Hill just kept running um, and just two-way running as well. He'd, he'd run back to take a mark inside defensive 50 and then push forward and take a mark you know, on, on the 50-meter line and, and deliver it forward. And just, uh, again, another another one of those guys that is just relishing in this in this new game plan. And, you know, we saw his his end to the season last year was, was pretty good, um, but he's taken another step up and um, has, has become such an important player for us. And one vote to Jack Steele, who I think has been looking more and more like Jack Steele over the last couple of weeks, uh, since the Carlton game anyway. I thought last uh, th- this week was his best game probably all season. And, and maybe the numbers don't bear that out, but it was more the way that he moved, the way that he contested, um, his delivery skills outside of that handball to, to Ross <laughs> on, the, on the wing. His skills were, were very good, but there was, there was another added element, I think, of his leadership coming back. And there were a number of times, whether it was at a, at a break or on the bench or whatever, where he'd have his arm around someone or be patting someone on the back or running to go in and, um, you know, either embrace or just communicate with someone else and just kind of push them along. And haven't really seen that from Jack Steele all year. Um, and you know, maybe, maybe the skipper's coming good just at the right time. Yeah. And, and built for, Finals, you would sense as well. Uh, we'll have some special guests in the offing over the next few weeks. There are a couple of names in the pipeline that we look forward to chatting to. I'm um, just trying to dig up some ex-players, and this comment's not meant to sound as arrogant as it may, but um, it's harder to find ex-players because we've had so many of them on. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure, but that's absolutely the truth. But um, but digging up as many as we uh, as we can in the hope of um, obviously providing some of those stories over the journey. Um, we look ahead to Brisbane, a Saturday twilight game. It is interesting that you know the AFL spends all year waiting to schedule the final round of the season. Then when they finally schedule the last round of the season, they manage to cock it up and have Essendon play on Friday night anyway. Um, worst team in the comp at the moment on on form and, and most measurements. But um, I don't know. It's, it just seems to be the, the way. Um, but, yeah, Brisbane, Saturday, Twilight, Lions. I'm just trying to think when Port play, if they play after that or before that. Um because Port Adelaide, if they win, can put pressure on Brisbane for second. I'd assume they'd be the night game, potentially. Um, I'll dig that up as I'm speaking. But obviously, if Port Adelaide were to lose to Richmond, which is highly unlikely. But... Port Adelaide played lunchtime Sunday. Okay. So uh, Brisbane will... So they play after yeah, us. Yeah, so Brisbane will be going hammer and before, and before Carlton and GWS. Yeah. So um, obviously, for us... Uh, we'll go through the permutations shortly, but we either need to win or have Sydney not beat Melbourne or have the Giants not smack Carlton if we are to get a home final. Otherwise, we'll travel to Sydney and play one of those two teams. Um, we could potentially fall behind both of them and play Carlton at the MCG, which um, would obviously keep us in Melbourne too, but we'll, we'll look at that a bit later. But obviously, if we win, we can finish either sixth or fifth. Um which would be the, the best case scenario to potentially play the Giants at the G or, or something like that. Um, might as well rattle through that now, actually. So, yeah, we, we can't play the Bulldogs. The reason for that being that the only way we can finish fifth is if Carlton loses 
And if Carlton loses, the Giants make the eight, um, which means the Bulldogs don't. So, and the only the Bulldogs can only finish eighth, so can't play them. Um, so our options are either going to play Carlton at the MCG, Sydney home or away, or the Giants home or away. And basically, if we lose, we would need Sydney to also lose. If Sydney win, they automatically go above us because of the draw. Uh, if we lose and the Giants win, it would come down to the gap being about 52 points or something like that. So if we lose by 20 and they win by 30, uh, then you're right on the borderline. So basically the options are Carlton at the G, Sydney home away, Giants home away, can't play the Dogs. So they are our potential opponents. But um, Nick, I guess your thoughts on Brisbane first of all before we dig into some of that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess we'll find out in the next in the next day or so about what the what the lineup looks like. I mean that's really the the biggest question at the moment, isn't it? It's 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 who is Ross going to rest and manage and and he's been known to do that mm-hmm. over over his career. Um so it's going to be interesting to see uh how that works out. I think previously though in any of his previous finals campaigns there wasn't the week off in between Round twenty two or twenty three, whatever it was then. And often we had things locked away in those years. Obviously, that we've got a bit to gain slash lose, I guess here. Yes, yeah, so, yes. Yeah, so I'm not. I'm not sure. I guess what the what the the lineup's going to look like and and what's going to happen. But um, I think I think we go in looking to win this. Uh, I'm not. I'm not expecting us to but I, I feel like if we continue to play the way we played over the last fortnight then no team is going to be comfortable knowing that we're coming you know whether it's Brisbane at the Gabba whether it's Carlton at the G or whoever it is in the following the following couple of weeks then no one's going to be comfortable and and we can make it really uncomfortable for, for Brisbane on Saturday afternoon and I think that they're going to have to you know, they might have been thinking that maybe they might be able to take it easy coming into that final week uh, ahead of ahead of finals, and and I don't think they can do that now. So it wouldn't surprise me if we saw a couple of managed players. Um, yeah, I think we've we've got some guys that are banged up. Cooper Sharman obviously hurt his ankle or his foot. Um, Brad Hill was struggling. Uh, Seb Ross will go out. So you imagine Hunter Clark's just straight in, um, and then it's potentially guys like Jack Hayes who kicked six on the weekend. Um, Nick Caulfield's probably the other one. Could be sub potentially. Yeah, yeah, potentially, and and they're probably that's probably the the couple that I'd be looking at is that um, Clark comes in for Ross, Hayes comes in for Sharman, Caulfield comes in for uh, or even for Hill. just a sub. He could even just yeah. come or as a in. sub. But yeah. but if if they've got a couple out, then maybe Billings comes in as a maybe. sub as well, just yeah. to keep him to keep him in in the frame because you you need as many guys ready to go as possible, I think, for the following week. And um, obviously, Sandy have finished their season, so our guys won't have played for two weeks uh, by the time the first final rolls around. So uh, it's important to to get some get some game time into some of those other guys who are on the cusp. And I think Caulfield and, Caulfield and Hayes uh, deserve to, to be in the frame there after their last couple of weeks. I think Hayes, you know, obviously a much-needed chop-out for... for uh, Rowan in the ruck and and might potentially give him a, a bit of a spell, uh, but also able to impact up forward and and help King and uh, and Membry and and those guys. Uh, but Caulfield has been really good. Caulfield's mm-hmm. been really good, kind of playing off half back and then through the middle, 
and just looks he looks strong he looks good fit. player um, yeah. he's he's a really good player mm-hmm. and and again like fresh and ready to go uh and so they're probably the things that I'd be looking at for uh for next week yeah it'd be nice to, so. nice to yeah. see Caulfield return to the game because he had that great final um, mm. against the Bulldogs and um, sort of think, okay, well, yep, he's played well here before. He's been playing well currently. He's It'd be unfortunate to see him, I guess, not play this week and then so meaning that he has been playing so well and doesn't play this week and doesn't play next week and then doesn't get the opportunity to maybe again break into the team in the first week of the finals. That's probably look at it and go, okay, it's it's time to give him that go. And he's probably one of the better players on our list to fill that sub spot. Um, it's, he's the sort of player we can use for a few roles. And I, I he probably deserves the chance to prove himself. And... It's it's probably it'd be the perfect week to do it. So, I mean, a lot to gain with a win, but at the same time, we're we're not missing finals if we don't win. Go out there and show us. Just show us that you want that spot back, and it just just give it everything because I mean, you've got a week off the rest afterwards. Give it absolutely everything you got, and it, it, that's basically what. I'd, hope the mindset of pretty much all the players this week is that hey we've got a week off we have an opportunity to play you know in front of our home crowd next in the first week we've been pretty good up there in recent times brisbane's last few games up there they haven't been overly convincing dominant, nah. i think they've won by 3.6 points and lost to the gold coast at, at metricon so the last three games in Queensland haven't been all that convincing, so it is they're, they're not they're not unbeatable, and they haven't lost there this year, so it's probably time for someone to do it. And why, <laughs> again, there's that why not us? So yeah, <laughs> I'd be surprised if if Coffield doesn't get picked. To be honest, I think we're, we're definitely going to pick another runner. Obviously, with with Ross out, Clark into the twenty two. A runner will always play as sub. I know Collingwood played Mason Cox in that role the other day with some effect, but I would think that um, Caulfield or, or Billings, one of those two, mm. would have to play. Um, and then if they pick Jack Hayes, it would be for either arresting Sharman or something like that. He's not going to replace Seb Ross. I wouldn't have thought that would be another change no. separate to that. Um, but I think that's definitely worth a look. Um, yeah, there's a few potentials in there but but that would be the I think Caulfield or Billings is the one likely to come in and it's interesting I was I watched Brisbane on Friday night I was at Marvel um for their game with Collingwood and they they look pretty sharp obviously it was a high scoring shootout but look they're a very good side Brisbane so it's it's a compliment and a I guess an opportunity at the same time like very good side extremely high scoring absolutely cut you to ribbons if you turn the ball over with their you know, lightning quick speed and they just attack you relentlessly. Um, so you just have to be on. But you can score against them. And, and I, I don't mean for this to be too harsh, but there is a, a very small little undercurrent of flakiness about them sometimes where mm. they can leak or they can get knocked off the boil a little bit. Um, 
Which they, is haven't, what, they haven't yeah. proven that they can win those big games. Exactly, really. and it's held them back for five years, really. So um, clearly they're better at the Gabba and they don't they don't fall over as often there. But they are a side that you can break down potentially. You've got to play really well, uh, and they're certainly capable of winning the flag. But, um, yeah, it's a winnable game with the, the pressure that we're bringing at the moment. If we can – I think Lincoln McCarthy won't play, so that's one more small forward we don't have to worry about. Uh, we've got the tall – power to potentially combat Danaher and Hipwood. Gunston's not there. Um, if Windhager tags Neil, you know, there's, there's some opportunities. They cut us up at Marvel a few weeks ago, but we weren't going particularly well at the time. So, yeah, it's a it's a winnable game. Webster, Webster still towed up Charlie Cameron from yeah, the team as well. Yeah, didn't get a goal until the Cameron. siren, basically. Yeah, yeah with, with a shit turnover from Howard, I mm-hmm. think. Um, but that was pretty much yeah, on the bell. So, yeah, it, it's a it's a gettable game, but we've got to be as competitive as possible to make life harder for the Giants. Look, I think Sydney will beat Melbourne only because Sydney have everything to play for and Melbourne don't. But if Melbourne could win that game, then we can stay in, in town anyway. So, um, yeah, there's a few little permutations, but a big opportunity for us, like a, a free – not a free hit, well, but a hit at a finalist, yeah. If, if we beat Brisbane mm-hmm. – it doesn't Don't matter. Melbourne then have something to play for? Uh, yes. Yeah, they could potentially finish second. I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. So there's yeah. a there's a there's a two seed there for for Melbourne for the taking if if we can beat Brisbane. Yeah, because otherwise, um, but I, otherwise Melbourne won't want to win because they won't want to finish third. Correct. Um, They'd rather finish fourth correct. and play Collingwood at the G. Correct. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I think you know it's it's a really good tune up for us to mm-hmm. kind of see see where we're at. Pre-finals, you know, in, in the last five or six weeks, we've had Hawthorne the second time, we've had North Melbourne, we've had West Coast, we've had Richmond and uh, Geelong that are that are not the Richmond and Geelong of previous years, and we've had Carlton, and and we towed up Carlton in the first half and got towed up in the second half. So this is this is going to be a really really good test of actually where we're at. Brisbane at home is one of the toughest road trips that you can face in in the competition at the moment. Um, so, you know, I think it's, it's going to give the guys a really good understanding of what level they've got to be at in a couple of weeks time. But on on the flip side, I think it's also going to show them they've got nothing to fear. I I don't think we're going to, I don't think they're going to smash us. I, I, I'm not going in expecting for us to win, but I am expecting us to be competitive and Mm -hmm. to contest the the game, uh, for, for four quarters. And I, I, I don't think if we do that, that they're going to smash us. And I think what they what that will do is that that might just sow a little seed of doubt into whoever we play in week one of the finals. You know, I don't think Carlton will would love to play us, even if it's at the G and in, in their home game. I don't think Sydney would love to play us or GWS, regardless of whether it's here. We or, own the Giants so. or up there. We've we've mm. beaten Sydney and GWS away already this season. Mm. So, you know, I, I I think that no team in that bottom four will want to play us. Um, but again, we've got to. We've got to turn up and, and show that we've got what it takes this week. H, is there a mild feeling of relaxation, even though there is a bit on the line, but is there a very small feeling of relaxation going into the game, knowing that you will play finals regardless? Oh, absolutely. I mean, mm. we, we, we if we go in, we, we were talking if about we went into this week with us playing on Saturday and then losing mm. and looking at all Saturday night, just going, how are these other teams going to, Knock us out, yeah, and sitting there all Sunday because 
you'd, we would have all the way up till come GWS Sunday night almost, possibly sitting on that. It, it would would it would have been stressing out from Saturday night oh, last yeah. week right till Sunday yeah. night next week. It, it it would have been an absolute yeah, just shocking week to be going through, and it I th- it took a massive weight off and. It's, like, oh, yeah. it's hopefully it's the same for the players. It just took that weight off, and that's where they hit the game this week. Going, let's let's just go for it. Let let's show what we got. If we lose, as as I was saying before, we lose. We're playing finals. We win. We we possibly just got a better final. I mean, it's it's only a little, probably a little bit more of a reward for us compared to a lot of a few other teams, like. Yeah, I mean the Bulldogs got a massive game. They they're the ones who are now got to be up and about. GWS have got a massive game now. They've got to be up and about. We haven't got the stress that they've got this week, which is it's a good thing to be sitting on. So yeah, we've we've sort of I think everyone took a massive collective breath and rode home every, all five of Jamie Cripps's goals on Sunday and. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah, good, good to see the former saint just, just helping us out, and um, it was in, enjoyable to watch, and it was a huge, deep breath after that happened. So yeah, it's, a, it's been a good week actually. Should have almost given him votes. Yeah, I'd, I'd convinced myself by lunchtime Sunday <laughs> that we we're almost fucked. I thought that um, yeah. I'm, I'm like yeah. the bulldog. Geelong have got nothing to, nothing to play for. They put the queue in the rack. Sydney will beat Melbourne because they've got everything to play for and Carlton can't move. So I was thinking, no, nah, we're cooked. Um, our only hope was that we got within three goals and, and the Giants couldn't beat Carlton by six goals or something. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, the more and more I thought about it, I thought we were in all sorts, but I hadn't factored in. Yeah, I think we were planning. Was losing to West Coast. I think we were planning, <laughs> planning last Saturday night after our game going, all right, let's just put a big multi on those three results and if they all get up, we'll yeah, have to have yeah. a big party. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, well, at least we'll have cash to drown our sorrows. Yeah. <laughs> we were having that conversation and I think at, every now and then someone would say, well, unless the Eagles beat the Bulldogs tomorrow, yeah. we'd all kind the, of the like, last well, thing that's, that not that's, <laughs> not, that's not happening. And then in our, in our group chat or whatever on, on Sunday morning, you know, we talk about putting that multi on. And mm. again, someone said, oh, unless, unless, the, the, Eagles unless the Eagles beat the Bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> I mess, I messaged um, yeah, I messaged a mate going, "Oh, we're stuffed," and he goes, "Not if the Eagles win." <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> but none of, I mean, yeah. the, the media was the The media didn't even mm. talk about the op, the option yeah. West Coast could win. It, it wasn't even an option. Um, and so all the talk was around what happens mm. this this week, what happens next week, um, and you know what the what the the permutations look like, assuming the Bulldogs win by ten goals, because mm. that was yeah that was a, a given. Mm. That was a given. It was funny in the Eagles game too. Like, I mean, they they occasionally bad sides start well and usually fade out. But I don't know, 10 minutes into that game, it sort of had a feeling about it where you're like, geez, they're playing a ride around the ball. Like, they're competing mm. well. Like, Kelly and all these guys are up and about. I'm like, they might hang around for a while here and make this yeah. interesting. The, the, one point um, I, the one point I made with a few people was yeah. that half most of their players have missed half a season. So, they're probably the freshest mm. team out there. So yeah, yeah, but I mean the Bulldogs look flat. Yeah, and I mean when I think Cripps kicked the first goal of the third quarter, and I thought they're three goals up now, they're still going, and it just sort of had that feeling where you're like they're not going away, and all of their older players who shouldn't run out of like they're not kids they're going to run out of gas like McGovern, Yo, Kelly especially was dominant. Um, 
thought, yeah, they're going, they're going okay. Like they're hanging in there. So yeah, and Oscar Allen was playing well, but anyway, um, good on them. It was the most I've for probably, them probably, in a while. Probably, <laughs> probably one of the best wins of the season by any team when you look back at it. Oh it's, yeah, it's a yeah, oh, easy, easy. It's, it's, it'd be up there with them. Their win over Collingwood last year. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Right yeah. up there, especially especially because the the Bulldogs kept coming mm. at them. Mm. Like it wasn't like the Bulldogs just rolled over and and stopped. Um, you know, the, the Eagles got thirty points up, thirty five points up, or whatever, and the Bulldogs came back and took mm. the lead. Mm. Yeah, at that point, I think everyone's yeah they're going to win by fifteen goals now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and they didn't. The Eagles didn't let them, and they got in front again. And then the Eagles, and then the the Dogs kicked another couple and got in front again. And the Eagles fought their way back again. And it's it's actually a really entertaining game. Mm-hmm. If it didn't have <laughs> as much on the line, it would good to watch. <laughs> it would have been really entertaining. It a, but it was it, yeah. Looking back on it, it was just a great game mm. of footy. And that was the moment when when they hit the front again in the last quarter, West Coast with ten minutes to go. I'm like, I actually think they'll win. Like they're just mm. they're all over them around the ball, and I'm like, they're just not giving up. So. Yeah, so most of barracks for another side in a long time. Mm. But, um, and obviously it was easier with the next Saint doing the uh, the business for us. We'll, we'll look at the listener questions shortly. Um, Liam Stocker, 50 games this week as well, been a really good servant for us and struggle to imagine how he's ever been dropped really. But um, mm. we'll look at the awards. Um, Jason Blake Award, I've got about a thousand nominations I can give there. So I know there'll be some of these left. So Nick, do you want to kick that off with the Jason Blank? H, you want to go first? I was going to say, I was going to bring the name up before because mm-hmm. I, I so badly wanted to give him a vote. I just couldn't mm-hmm. squeeze him in. And I'm sure everyone here knows who I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Cordy. That yeah. was a fantastic game. Fantastic mm-hmm. game. And I, I felt... Like I do, I almost said his name earlier. I thought, no, nah, I'm going to save it for later and save it for this. But I, I felt bad not giving me a vote. It, it yeah. actually felt bad. And I, I was just like, I could just if I had eleven, the eleventh was his, pretty much. So, <laughs> but if if he, like at the start of the year, I think most of what we said was, if he's playing, we're in trouble, and. There was a little bit of buoyancy about him going. Oh, he's probably got a bit to give, but he's far out, mm. far out exceeded what anyone expected. Um, and just the game he played on the weekend, it was a great game. Yeah, and he looked like Ross Glendening the week before too. He was super. But uh, <laughs> Nick, uh, who have you got? <clears throat> yeah, I, I want to give it to Brad Hill. I mentioned him earlier, and just the way that he he kept running, and I think it's been. We haven't seen that level of, of consistent play from that we've seen from pretty much most of this year. We haven't seen that in previous years. You know, we've seen it in in bursts and, and little patches, but he's been really good. Mm. He's been really good for us. And and you know, when when Ross had his initial press conference and he talked about we're going to be a running team, yeah, he was talking about Brad Hill, and we've seen it week after week that Brad Hill is the running man. Yeah, him and Mason Wood on, on opposite wings, they are the running men. And he just did it again on Saturday night and never stopped, even when he was he was hurting and yeah, he looked like he was in trouble with that knee. He just got up and kept doing it and he's been doing it all year. And we haven't really spoken about it as as a fan base. Mm. The media hasn't really spoken about it. Um, yeah, I know we've we've kind of talked about him on and off throughout the course of the season, but yeah, as as a whole, I don't think 
Bradley Hill has gotten the credit he's deserved all year. Um, and I thought he was fantastic again on Saturday night, and he's just a really key player for us this week as well. Yeah, there were a couple certainly that I wanted to mention. Cordy, obviously, start of the year, had to play forward, which is completely unexpected. Did a job for us, didn't dominate, but did the job. Then the cavalry came back, so it was like, oh, you got to go back to the twos and bide your time. And he was like, okay, that's fine, no worries, did that. And then Howard goes out, so he has to come in and play defensively again, and he's been outstanding. He's done everything that we've asked him to do in every way, forward, back, going back and helping the, the kids at the next level down. It's been super. And look, if Dougal Howard was fit, you, you can't leave Cordy out at the moment. It's that simple. Brad Hill, you're right. I mean, sitting on the wing, watching his work rate, it's phenomenal. It just runs and runs and runs. Um, and you get a real appreciation for that. It just doesn't stop moving. But Plenty of others wanted to give a shout out to Cooper Sharman, who um, he he's been good for the last couple of months, really doing his job um, for the side. But if there had been a knock on him, um, it had been that he'd been flying for his marks, but not necessarily holding them. It hadn't been as strong at the ball, but he took two absolute blinders at really important stages of the game. The one in the third quarter, in particular, was a tremendous mark over the top of Tom Stewart. And he did that while sore um, and obviously demonstrated his leap. I thought he was very good. wanted to mention Tim Membry as well, who, um, not starring, but he's made a huge difference to the forward line and mm. assisting Max um, and his work rate. He was doing some of the things you, you often see him do where he actually pushes back and intercepts marks coming out of defence. Um, yeah. So he's been really solid for us. So, um, yeah, there were a couple more. And probably Filippo, quite ish game, but his work rate, in that f- frantic passage of play, he was one of the handballs in the centre square. And then 10 yeah. seconds later, he kicks the front and centre goal, one of his best goals of the year. And that's the sign of the total buy-in, I think, um, that we're getting from everybody. I just wanted to, to add something on on Zane Cordy. And I think mm. I certainly didn't see this coming, and I'm not sure anyone did, but we are simply a better team with him yeah. in the team. When he was up forward, we played better. He goes out, and that was our lull. That mm-hmm. was our that was our lowest point of the season with Zane Cordy out, and he's come back in as as a defender, and we're playing good footy again. We are. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's coincidence. It's possible, but we just look like a better team with Zane Cordy in it, forward or back. And he doesn't make mistakes in defence mm. either. He's composed, um, and probably battle. As well, I know we're mentioning a lot of players too, but some of his defensive efforts were pretty significant on the weekend. We gave votes to Wilkie and we've mentioned Cordy, but I think battle was important in that group. It might be harder this next one, so I'll go a little bit left field, but the the Shannon Knoll Award, before I throw it to you guys, mine's off field. Um, It was a great night on Saturday night, but I'm sure anybody that holds a either a social club or sits in the members area for St Kilda at Marvel Stadium might have noticed this from time to time. Every now and then, obviously, someone can't use their ticket or your mate can't go or whatever it may be or your brother can't go. So you might bring someone in with you. We've all done it. That's fine. It's not strictly speaking legal, but whatever. But if you are going to bring an opposition fan in, and even that is fine if you want to bring an opposition fan in, if they know the decorum, if they're sitting amongst thousands of St Kilda supporters, you can't bring your most annoying mate in who's a fuckwit and is going to annoy the shit out of everybody around him, (laughs) sledging, abusing, taunting. Like, don't bring that mate in. If you're going to bring that mate to the footy, go and sit on level three or something like that in the general admission, but have enough 
decorum for the guys around you, not to bring your dickhead friend in who barracks for the opposition. Don't do that to the Saints fans around you. Yeah, I I right. can't I can't beat that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> defer to you, H um, for the next. I was one. pretty much going to put it on um, just just those few kicks at goal we had from nice and close. Wood, Butler, Gresham, Higgins. In two weeks' time, we can't miss them. You cannot no. miss them. Mm. We, we've got to kick those goals. So we, we looked pretty good last week, but on the week just gone, it was a bit, a bit rough. Let's get that right. What have we got for that so St Kilda? Is it anything beyond the fact that we might be the innocent victim of the scoreboard situation in the Adelaide-Sydney game? It it has to be that. I think we're all we're all standing yeah. there in the in the social club watching that unfold. And I think we all kind of looked at each other and said that is the most so secularist <laughs> thing that could ever happen yeah. to this football club. Uh, it it has to be that. The other one I'm could be sure the giant. Could, maybe could maybe rival. maybe Essen, as you mentioned at the top page, Essendon rolling over so badly mm. that pretty they brought much, the giants' percentage from nowhere back into the frame. Pretty much everything going against yeah. us on the day. Mm. Luckily, we did yeah. did what we had to do. Mm. That, that's the mm. that's the only thing that went our way is that we did what we needed to do, but everything else in the universe went against us. And so it was, yeah. yeah. Um, as I said, turned around Sunday though. The the footy god somewhere was going. No, nah, no, nah, we're not going to allow that. So yeah, yeah it, it it felt that way. Like yeah, Sunday morning, I woke up thinking that everything conceivable happened on Saturday to make it possible for us to miss the eight. But Noah Anderson had that <laughs> shot against Carlton that looked like a goal straight off the boot but drifted left and missed, which meant that had that have been a goal, then we would have been fine because either Carlton or the Giants had to lose and we were a bit ahead of both of them. Then obviously the Giants could have won by anywhere up to 100 points but had to have the biggest win in their history. And then obviously the Adelaide weird score thing. But, yeah, then we had the miracle the next day. So maybe someone did us a favour from upstairs. It's funny. We were talking about it last week, H, when when Charlie was on the show, and I, I think at some point I asked you guys, like, honestly, why not us? Why why couldn't it be us? And Charlie's head nearly exploded. He was like, because we're St Kilda. You have a segment on the show called "That's So St Kilda" for this very reason. That's why not us. Um, but it you know it it worked out, and, and I think that's the important thing of it being. I I know the I know the the West coast dogs game was out of our control, but we've, we've had our finals hopes in our control yeah. for the last month. You know, we knew that if we keep winning, we're playing finals and we've kept winning. Mm-hmm. Now we, we might not win this week, but we've done everything we needed to do up until now to get there. Mm-hmm. And everything else is, is almost irrelevant ultimately because we've kept putting up our end of the bargain. And, and that's all you can ask. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And it still would have been in our hands, even if the Bulldogs had have won. That's, and that's right. the control that we've had over it. And there's some listener questions before final thoughts. <clears throat> Luke says, and, and thanks for your support, Luke, he says, how many times would you consider it unhealthy to watch the replay of the Saints <laughs> versus Cats? So I've watched the KO Mini probably half a dozen times, but but how many would be unhealthy, do we think? I've I've watched it twice. Having mm. been at the game, I've I've watched the full replay twice. No. I'm not sure I could do it again this week, but 
<laughs> you know, if if we if we lose on Saturday, night, I might, I might yeah. go might go back and just, watch it again. Just don't week. do Barnaby and watch it Saturday afternoon. <laughs> so, well, Luke, Luke um, full of praise for Ryan Marshall as well. Ditto. Tim says, with the normal February optimism reset coming in August this year, a treat we so rarely get. Can we say this week is a free hit? Then we fall in from glory. Um, then it's got Steve Wood getting beaten by 10 goals this week. Kill our momentum and confidence going into the finals. I guess a good double question related to the same topic. H, what do you think um, of that? So I, I don't think it's quite a free hit, but it's, it's no, not far I, away. It's, it's an opportunity, but mm. it's also not the end of the world if the result doesn't go our way. That, that's probably the... Mm. I mean, we can still get a home final if we don't win. And yeah. it's it's... It's all going to come down to other teams again if we don't. It's completely falls out of our hands. I mean, it, so in one way, in one way, you could say it is a free hit, but in the other, it's going no. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to secure. So there's a lot to play for, but at the same time, there's not a lot to lose. I mean, we're playing. It, we're playing a final. That's that's as simple yeah. as it is. I think it's it's a free hit in the context that. You know, it gives us the chance to to turn up against quality opposition and throw everything we've got at them without the risk. We we know we're playing week one of the finals. What I don't want to see is is the kind of context of it's a free hit. We don't need to show up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a free hit as long as we show up and, and we play footy. Um, I like Steve said, you know, getting beaten by ten goals would it kill our momentum? Possibly, and confidence? Possibly, but. Ultimately, that's that's for for those inside the four walls to kind of manage in terms of confidence and motivation and momentum, etc. As long as as long as we show up and play good footy, mm. I'm okay. But if, we, if we lose yeah, by my... if we lose by ten goals because we've maybe tried things rather mm. than yeah, I mean, if you go with look, we've absolutely we've <clears> tried all these different things just to see where these I guess things are at against who is possibly the best team in the league. I, I mean. If we're isn't playing for top spot, they, they're going to be the best team in the league. Um, it, it's good to good. It, it will be a good idea to actually give a couple of little things a go, and just see how it stacks up. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't see us trying things for an entire game and getting absolutely blown out of the water. I think if if all we we start doing things and they don't work, I think it'll be reverting back reasonably quickly and won't get blown out of the water you'd hope so it's it, it's funny yeah i think the mindset changes automatically obviously you've gone from all year thinking trying to make the eight trying to make the eight trying to make the eight haven't thought for one second about who you'd play or where so now you're starting to think about what gives you the best chance of doing damage so home final clearly the best bet who would you like to play when would you like to play where would you like to play all of that type of things and, and look i'm it might be famous last words, but I'm convinced we'll play well against Brisbane. It doesn't mean we'll win, mm. but I just think that given the fact that we've locked away finals, we know we're playing it. There's that excitement. There's that opportunity the next week. I just can't see us putting in a stinker to be truthful. And look, if that happens, you can blame me, but I, I just don't think it will. I mean, I, I think we'll stack up pretty well. It doesn't mean we'll win because it's a tough test, but I think we'll be in it the whole way through to be, to be honest. Um, 
a couple of others. Yeah, so, so do we bring Hayes? And I love the nickname Hazy Fantasy. Fan, 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 I don't know how, how would you say that. Hazy Fantasy. Hazy Fantasy. Hazy Fantasy. I don't mind that. Um, Max King probably worth. Because said, are we apologising to this and Kilda Medical Department for questioning and bringing back Max King earlier? He probably deserves a, a Jason Blake actually because he, he still looks sore, like he's not extending the arms out. Clearly, he's playing mm. through a bit of adversity and playing extremely well. Uh, John says he's Ross Lyons and Kilda's greatest ever coach, uh, and Toby says is his total vindication for sacking Ratten and as a percentage, how much have we improved from last year? Um, look, if it's not Ross Lyon, it's Alan Jeans. It's one of those two. They're the, the two, yep. I would think. Mm. Um, and look, as I said, it, it's hard. I don't like dancing on anyone's grave or anything like that. And look, Brett Ratton did some good things for us and seems a, a tremendous fella and did some, as we say, wasn't a bad coach by any means. But yes, I think we've improved. And yes, mm. I think the decision was right. Um, but yeah, that's with, that's with no disrespect intended. I, I, whatsoever. I think the list needed the change. We were a bit stale, yes. a bit flat, a bit one-dimensional. Yes. And, yeah, it's, it's changed us up. It's changed our list. Mm-hmm. Without changing the players, Definitely. it's changed what yeah. our list is. I mean, I think if you if you go back and listen to, to what some of the players have said over the last 18 months, both when, when Rats were still there and, and since, that everybody knows their role. Now, everybody knows their role. They've got clear direction. They understand what they're meant to do, when they're meant to do, and who they're meant to do it with. Um, that potentially there were some question marks around that previously. And and I, I'm not sure it's entirely Brett Ratton's fault. I mean, I think that's the way that we've been since Ross left the first time. Mm-hmm. I think under underwaters, there was clear issues with communication and direction. Same with, with Richo and, and Rats has kind of just continued on the same path, changed a few things, but didn't necessarily work uh, a lot of the time. Um, again, like you said, Rats, Rats seems like he's a, a bloody good bloke. And you know, I, I feel for him the way that everything mm. went down. But I feel the same way that I, I felt in October and November of last year in that this was a change that we had to make and that if we were going to make it, then Ross was the guy to come in and put those blocks, put those pieces in place around accountability and discipline and work ethic and standards. Uh, I said it back then and I, I stand by it now and I think it's clear that what he does is is more than just X's and O's. Mm-hmm. It's about putting those things in place to make us a better group as a group. And I think that's exactly what he's done. Fundamentally, we're harder to score against, so therefore we're harder to beat, which has seen us hang in there at times when we haven't been playing well. It's protected our percentage. Um, it's allowed us to arrest momentum swings better than we used to be able to do. And it's why we've won a couple of extra games and made the finals. It's it's really that simple. Um, and it's why we'll probably stack up okay. Um, and it's just a fine line. It's probably only a, a couple of percent, but... It's all you need. And, and Wayno says, what's the preferred premiership tattoo design? It's got to be the stick figure man with his foot on the ball, surely. Yep, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, that'll be the one, I think, for most of us. Um, final thoughts. Obviously, the AFLW is coming. That'll um, get its moment in the sun. Obviously, we've, we've been building through practice matches, played Port Adelaide on the weekend. So um, nice to, to have the crossover. We probably won't be without footy for long, given we've got a finals campaign ahead of us. And... As you said, Nick, um, in the notes for the episode that the team is built for for finals in a lot of respects, and it's probably that time now that the you know the seasons helter skelter all the time to 
sit back now and obviously we'll we'll have next week's episode reviewing Brisbane and then we'll talk about the finals the, the week after that or, or both. But it, it's probably time, I guess, just to share the final thoughts to say that it is a it's a proud feeling, obviously, to be proud of what they've been able to do. Obviously, it's it's not just about making finals. Ultimately, every team exists to try to win the flag, uh, and that's ultimately what we want to do. And we're long suffering; we we haven't experienced that. But I think, given everyone's been quick to kick the crap out of them all year, but if you look at all of the finals contenders, we've beat Essendon, the Giants, Sydney, Geelong, Carlton, Richmond, Bulldogs, Freo. Gold Coast, all of them, except Adelaide's the only one we didn't beat amongst those top eight contenders. We beat every single team competing for a spot against us. And as a result, we have the spot. We've earned the spot. We've stood up against all of that criticism. We've done it without the pats on the back or, or anything like that. And I think it's time, you know, just to sit back and say, well done, proud of that. Um, job starts now, but I think they've done a, a bloody good job, to be honest. I, I just wanted to say, I guess, as a bit of a final thought, I was reading an article, uh, and I think it was around Cameron Smith and Billy Slater when they were at the Storm, and um, I can't remember which one it was that said that one of the mindset changes that they've kind of built into their life was that their achievements, their wins or whatever, weren't won, but they were earned. Mm-hmm. And I think you look back over the course of this season that, that a final spot has been earned fully earned it wasn't won it wasn't given mm-hmm. to us it wasn't handed to us it's been earned and they deserve it and we deserve it yeah very hard to to argue with that let's go knock off brisbane get a home final and then enjoy the ride uh it'll be a good fun this experience saints fans up in queensland you flew the flag for us all through 2020 one more time this week to uh to cheer them into september and then hopefully you can handball it back to us in melbourne and we can Watch him at the G. Uh, it'd be tremendous to get a final in front of eighty thousand, whoever it may be, in the uh, in the first week of September. But um, yeah, one more time around before we we jump into the uh, the, the business end, and it's great to be there. But go Saints. 